Blog Talk Radio. Commissioner T, host of the Madden Voice, and what a season! Well, you know what a season for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of good football on the field, and there's a lot of intrigue off the field. Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, you know Ray McDonald. You know what, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about all of the off the field stuff? How do you feel about what's been going on? Is the NFL getting it right? Are the teams getting it right? Are is the input of all the pundits and analysts is any of it on point? Everybody's got an opinion, including the hosts of the Madden Voice, which is myself, Commissioner T few other people that I'll be introducing to you shortly. Remember, if you want to call in, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. That is the number to reach us. You can go on Facebook and just go facebook.com and then backslash the Madden Voice. Or if you're already on Facebook, just go into the little search box and just type the Madden Voice. And you can check out our page. You can uh, like the show or like the, the web page, and this way you'll get all of our updates. And uh, if you're a Twitter person, uh, you can go on the Twitter, and you can uh, just click on the, the uh, uh, at the Madden Voice, and that will go directly to uh, us here at the show and make your comments. And if you send a comment, uh, hashtag TMV for the Madden Voice. So many, many ways for you to reach us. We are pleased that you are joining us here tonight. And, and as you know, I do not do this alone. No, 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 no. Um, I am pleased. That actually, first person I introduced, um, you know, is, this is a guy I've known his entire life. <laughs> uh, you know, Train calls him Little Big Brother Jay, but um, I just call him JB. He hails from Bristol, lives down in the ATL, Atlanta. And I kind of wish he was still up here in Bristol with, with us, but, you know, he grown man, got to do his thing. And uh, JB... Welcome to the Madden Voice. Green eggs and bro ham, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. And also joining us, he thought he was going to be late, but he's actually with us. This guy was the EAFL Super Bowl I winner. 
The man has his Ph.D. He's a doctor of philosophy. And, uh, you know, this guy lives out on the West Coast and I live out on the East Coast. You know, we've never met. But I still consider him one of my better friends in the world. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What up, Steve? What up, little big brother Jay? Dr. Train, how's it going? It's going, man. I am still at the mechanic, but they're going to be a minute with my car. But I, I, I just want to inside call in. All right. All right. All right. And that's how we roll. You know what I mean? That's how we roll. You know, we do not let anything, well, most of the time, get in the way of of the the pleasure of hosting the Madden Voice and talking about some good football for all the fans um, out there all over the world. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening in to the show. K-Star will not be joining us this evening. He's got some uh, home obligations to attend to. So we wish K-Star well, and uh, we look forward to him rejoining us next week. So, uh, K-Star, if you're out there listening or if you're catching the archive, you know, we hope everything's well with you. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I think we're going to start at the beginning. And the beginning really is, unfortunately, it's not all of the great games that we saw on TV this weekend. And there were some really good competitive games, some upsets, some surprises, some teams that we thought would be uh, 2-0 that are 0-2, and some teams that we thought would be 0-2 that are 2-0. Uh, you know, so it was a lot of good football, but um, we, we would be remiss if we didn't discuss the off-the-field stuff that's been going on. The, the, the Adrian Peterson, the Ray Rice, the Greg Hardy, all that stuff that's been going on. And there's a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions. But, JP, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to say – at this point, Adrian Peterson was deactivated. They went and thought about it, and they said that he's back with the team this week, and they're going to let due process, because he hasn't been convicted of anything. Um, he's been indicted for um, risk of injury to a, a minor or something along those lines, and I'm sure by now everyone has seen the pictures um, and, and if you haven't, you know, I'll just recap briefly. Um, you know, apparently some months ago he um, took a, a switch and uh, to his four-year-old son and, and gave him a good licking. And um, the, the, the pictures show uh, welts on all parts of the kid's body from the, from the switch, from the, the tree branch that he used. Um, and this would be in Texas where, where, where he lives. And... Um, so after a lengthy investigation, they have charged him with, pretty much they charged him with child abuse. I mean, there's a fancier term for it, but that's it. So the Vikings uh, deactivated him while they thought about what they really wanted to do. They came out yesterday and they said, we're going to let him rejoin the team and let due process take its course, and then we'll reassess this after the court system has done its part. So as of, as of right now, he's back with the Vikings. And we're, you know, he, he, you know, the court will do its thing, and then the Vikings will make its decision. JB, do you, do you? Let's just start first with the Vikings. What do you think of their decision to allow uh, Adrian Peterson to play? Apparently, he's going to play Sunday. Well, I, I think the whole thing with the Vikings is, is a little confusing to me. I think they gave in to everything that's going on prior to find out about Adrian Peterson and didn't want to have the same type of backlash, and that's why they deactivated him. I'm confused as to why they reactivated him when there's no, been no changes whatsoever. 
if you're going to deactivate them, keep them deactivated. Or if you're going to let due process play its course and keep them activated, then don't. It's, it's, it's wishy-washy to me. So I'm not sure what they're trying to prove because right now, to me, they're proving nothing but confusion. Okay. Um, should he should he be, in your opinion, you're the GM or you're the owner of the team, do, you know, what would you do? With what you know, well, what we all know, what would you do? For me, being the GM, I would have let due process play itself out and I wouldn't have deactivated him and I would have made it firm and committed up front that we don't condone the actions, but at the same time, he is entitled to due process. And until he is actually convicted and, and sentenced, what have you, and then he's still a part of this team and he can still play. Okay. Train, what do you think? Do you agree with JB, or would you have handled Adrian Peterson differently? Well, the first thing I want to say is, uh, like you said in the beginning, see, honestly, I just woke up this morning and just gave it a quick thought, and I am, I have to say, I'm a little saddened by all the, the off-the-field issues that the NFL is experiencing. I mean, it's, it's truly taken away from just all the great stuff that's happening in the game. But even with that said, I have to really agree with just everything JB said. Uh, I would have just, you know, I would have deactivated him to begin with. You know, we have a, you know, court system for a reason. And it seems just still like the NFL is just caving to all of media pressure and public and the public pressure instead of just doing what they would normally do, let the court system do their thing and, and, and follow closely with what the court system is doing. Okay. I'm, I'm going to reserve my comments for a minute because I want to, I want to, I want to take this conversation somewhere. So now we have Greg Hardy who was convicted, is appealing his conviction, was supposed to start, then was deactivated. Now they're thinking he might he might play next week. So a little bit of a different situation in the Adrian Peterson, and this is domestic violence as opposed to you know um, per, the parental line of corporal punishment. Um, I'm going to ask you guys both again. If you're start with you, JB. If you're the owner or general manager. Greg Hardy's convicted, but he is appealing his conviction. Does he play? Does he not play? How do you handle it? Well, that one is even more disgraceful than what they're doing in Minnesota. As far as I'm concerned, he's convicted. He's deactivated. There's no wishy-washy. There's no black and white to me. He's been, he's been tried. He's been convicted. He's deactivated. And until his appeal is heard and let's say his appeal is overturned at that point, then he's allowed back. If his appeal is not overturned, then he stays deactivated. Plain and simple. Okay. Dr. Train? Once again, I have to agree with little brother Jay, man. I mean, you have to have some kind of consistency, but he is convicted. And, I mean, I have pretty much nothing more to add, and it's, I feel the same way. Okay. So... I will assume then, based on the logic that you guys are using, Ray McDonald, no issue. He's still on the team. He hasn't been convicted, and there's there's been no punishment to Ray McDonald at this time. So based on what you guys are saying, you have no issue with Ray McDonald. Is that correct? Yes, sir. 
Yeah, that's, that's correct. I, I, I don't agree with anything that any of these individuals have done. I want to make sure no, that's we, clear. We know that. We know that. Let's, let's yeah. not even waste okay. time on that. We already know that. But as far as McDonald's not being punished, you're okay with that because he hasn't had his day in court yet. Correct. Okay. Train? Um, I would say the same, but I, I would also preference that with that with that the fact that the NFL truly has no standards of how they're handling all these. So it's almost case by case. I didn't ask and, you that and, yet. And I, didn't, I didn't ask causing, you. It's causing you're, confusion. But I'm answering jump, your question, you're, though. No, you're jumping ahead. I'm asking about Ray McDonald. That's all I ask. You. So I'm, you're jumping I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just answering Ray McDonald. Ray McDonald. So but are you okay? I'm on, would you I'm on two sides of, of I'm on I'm, I'm I'm split on Ray McDonald and part of it is because there is no standard. So it's like okay, we know what he did. Be the activated person because of what he did of of what what looks bad in the public eye, or do you ask him because he has been convicted? And because he has been convicted, I probably wouldn't deactivate him. But at the same time, there's no standard. Well, but back up. You just said with Adrian Peterson, he should be playing. He hasn't had his day in court. So what's the difference between mm-hmm. him and Ray McDonald? That's the reason why I threw in there's no standard. Both of these, all these situations are I, very I, confused with how they're handling. I, but, but again, again, don't make this complicated. The question is not what the NFL has done. The question is if you're the owner – or you're the general manager, what would you do? This is your team. It's got nothing to do with the NFL. Your team, would you suspend them, or would you let them play? Now, we said with I would, uh, Adrian Peterson, I would let him play. you would let him play. We said with Greg Hardy, he'd be suspended because he's convicted. So I asked with Ray McDonald, because he hasn't been convicted, is it the same logic? If you're the owner, if you're the general manager, would he, would he well, be allowed I would, to play? I would, I would let him play, but I did. I did say that like twice, though. Well, it, yeah, you said other things too, though. I, I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere, so just follow me where I'm okay. going for a minute, okay? So now we're at Ray Rice, okay? And Ray Rice was um, convicted, sentenced to probation and a class, punished by the NFL and given a two-day suspension. I'm sorry, two-game suspension. Then the NFL came back after the video came out, claimed they never saw the video. We don't know because there's starting to be evidence that maybe they did, but at this point they're claiming, Goodell is claiming he hasn't seen it. So based on seeing the video, he then came back and um, – Suspended him indefinitely, and the Ravens cut him. Now, my question, I'm going to start with you, Train. My question is, if you're the owner and general manager, and your player was already punished, and then you got new evidence, do you do, do you cut him? That's a very good question. Um, I would not. I would not cut him. Okay. He's That's already fair. had his day. He he had his day in court, and he's had his sentence. So no, I would I would not court him, cut him. And and under 
what the NFL decides to, to suspend. I mean, I, he would still be on my team, and we would just support him, but I wouldn't cut him. Okay. JB, same question to you. Wow, that, that, that is a tough question to answer. Um, repeat that again. I need to really think about this one. Okay, all right, fair enough. So, Ray Rice convicted, gets probation and a class. The NFL suspends him for two games. Case is closed. Video comes out. Ravens cut him. NFL suspends him indefinitely. Started with the Ravens cutting him first. If you're general manager or owner and that video comes out and we know that he was already punished based on the fact that he did have due process. And based on the outcome of the court case and the due diligence done by the NFL at that time, the penalty was two games. Now, the video comes out. You're the owner of that team. Do you cut them? You know what? I still cut them. I still cut them because there's two things going on here. There's... There's, you're asking me what would I do as owner, and you're asking what you're telling me what the NFL has done. Well, I'm and telling you what the NFL has done. Just to recap, I'm asking you yeah, yeah. because there yeah. were steps that the NFL took prior to you making your decision. So those steps impacted what you do as an owner. So uh, that's why, and and the NFL suspended him for two games after he had his day in court, and that's relevant to you making your decision as the owner of the team once the video comes out. And, and to be consistent with the prior questions that I've answered, he's had his due process. I cut those players. He's had his due process. I cut this player. There's a line that has to be drawn in the sand. As an owner, what you're going to stand for. The NFL can make their decision. That's fine. But as an owner, I have to make my own decision. So I would but decide you didn't, to cut him. But, but let, me just, let me just make sure I understand. You didn't cut him after the due process. See, you're saying with Greg Hardy, after due process, now I'd cut him. You're saying with Adrian Peterson, I'm going to let due process happen and didn't make a decision. You're saying, I didn't cut him after due process, but the video comes out, I'll cut him. I didn't say that. I said, you said he was convicted. Didn't you not say that? He was convicted. He got a, he got a class, and he got probation. And the NFL suspended him for two games. Now, now I'm only going by what happened. See, we can't go back and say you'd cut him then because that's not what happened. What happened is he stayed with the team. So now you're the owner of the team. So you have to build in the fact that you kept him. Now I'm saying 10 days ago, the video comes out of him in the elevator. You already made the decision. You see what I'm saying? You already made well, the decision I, not to cut him. I, I see where you're going now, and what I'm I'm backing up because I couldn't have kept him myself. But you're making the assumption that as an owner, I would have kept him up until this point. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is, I'm putting you in the owner's position once the video comes out with everything that happened up to that point. Now you're the owner of the team, and now now you have to make that decision. 
with the understanding that you kept him after the due process and after the NFL suspended him for two games. So would you then cut him with what now with the video comes out, would you cut him or would you say, well, he's already been punished. Um, there's nothing more for me to do. Well, with the fact that I'd be coming in as the owner after that, then I'd, I'd have to keep him. I'm making the assumption that you're talking about from the very beginning, and I would have cut him. But you're making the assumption that no, I had to. I, I kept him after the conviction and after everything happened, and then the video comes out. I still have to keep him. I couldn't cut him at that point. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. Here, here's where I'm going with all of this. Here's where I'm going with everything I just said. Roger Goodell needs to go. Roger Goodell needs to go. The fact that something, when we talk about personal conduct policies, what the hell are we talking about? If we're not talking about things like beating up your spouse, or possibly physically abusing a child, then what are we talking about? The best that the policy covered was uh, smoking weed on the weekends? Then what was he thinking? My point is, all of this confusion and all of this you know, uh, 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 uncertainty is because of Roger Goodell. You're the leader. It's your league. You're the commissioner. You are the commissioner T for the NFL. The buck stops with you. And I don't want to hear, well, how would he know? That's his job. That's why the man makes $29 million a year. And with perks and, and all the other stuff, I believe he made close to $100 million last year, 2013. Okay? We won't make that in our entire lives. There's a reason that you make that kind of money. You don't get to say, I didn't know. This is new to me. You've been with the NFL for 30 years. You mean to tell me we've never had these types of situations in the NFL before? Uh, yeah, we have. So why now do you want to bring in three women and a special group and, and I'm going to hire an FBI investigator and uh, Art Rooney and, and all? What? Monday morning quarterbacking at its best. Reactive instead of proactive. You ain't fooling me, bruh. He needs to go. He needs to go. And I don't care what Stephen A. Smith said about um, he didn't do the crime, don't commit him like he did the crime. No, the crime is not having policies and procedures in place so that we don't have this ambivalence and uncertainty in the sport that we love and the number one sport in this country. We have uncertainty right now. We have a situation where um, people are not getting treated fairly, and they're the ones committing the crimes. I agree with you guys. Frankly, Ray Rice was punished. Whether we agree with the punishment or not, the fact remains is he was punished. It is not okay to not punish him a second time. That's called double jeopardy. And in this country, that's not legal. You don't get tried twice for the same crime. But he is. Again, we've already all said it. We don't condone it. I'm not talking about that. I told you all last week, something didn't feel right. I said it right here on this show with the process. And what do we find out two days later? Oh, maybe a video was sent, and there was a message saying, oh, yeah, the video was horrible with the Ray Rice thing. Really? 
there's a problem, and it's at the top. These types of indiscretions need to be dealt with swiftly and decisively. And the fact remains is you do not have policies in place that handle these things swiftly and decisively. Now they're calling for eight. People are saying that Adrian Peterson should. I'm going to tell you, the Adrian Peterson thing ain't over. I promise you it ain't over. Because you guys got to realize something. I have a couple of years on you both. There are three groups of people that you don't mess with in this country. Women, elderly, and children. You, you just don't do it. Well, two of the three are front and center right now. Two of the three. Now, I'm not going to get into Adrian Peterson and what happened with his four-year-old son as much because that's a tough one because Jay and I, we have roots to the South, and we understand the culture of raising kids in the South. Now, granted, the son was four, and I'm not condoning leaving wealth like that, but I can, I can tell you some stories of some whoopings I had growing up <laughs> that in today's standard may be viewed differently. And I don't have no problem with what happened to me growing up because it was what you did then. And if Adrian Peterson was raised that way, then that's what he knew. So let's not confuse that with Ray Rice or Greg Hardy. And I heard the 911 call, and it's kind of it's not cool. Or even Ray McDonald allegations. Let's not confuse all that. But regardless, I'm going back to my main point is that the policies are not in place, and people are figuring this out as they go along. And now, after we done paid this guy, and I'm saying we because it is our revenue that pays him. Dr. Train, JB, everybody within earshot, we pay all those NFL salaries. The revenue that is generated is because we watch the games, we buy the jerseys, we go to the games, we eat the food that's being advertised, we drink the beer that's being advertised. It's us. This money comes directly out of my pocket. So we paid this man $97 million last year, and, and, he, and he didn't get this right? Your policy stated that domestic violence, punching a woman, is a two-game suspension? Suspension? That's what your policy stated? And then when you realize it was wrong, you still didn't even use the policy that you created? It's a mess. And it will become fixed when Goodell either resigns or the owners say, we're sorry, Roger. With all that, I'm going to say this. He should go. I don't think he will go. And why is that? Because he is generating, he is responsible for more money contractually being generated in the NFL ever than ever. And that's what it's all about for these owners. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but he should. He should. I rest my case. I'm done. I don't even want to talk about this no more. It gets me mad. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some injuries. Um, I want to start with Dr. Train on this one. I know your heart must be breaking, man. Talk to us about Charles Tillman. Oh, man. Can you guys hear me? Am I right? Yep, you're good. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, man, you know, 
The dude almost made me cry watching the game. Because when they showed the sideline and he was crying, I already knew. That's right. It's, it's, it's season ending. And and it sucks because first is Erlacher and then now there's Charles Tillman and even Devin Hester. And it sucks that we have these players who contributed tremendously uh, in, in their careers for the Bears and they don't get to go out at least halfway on top. Just partly, just have a you know one full season. It didn't even matter whether we, even if we didn't necessarily win the Super Bowl, if, if Tillman could have completed a season and just been a part of whatever happened with the Bears, that would have been satisfactory to me as a fan because uh, I, I love the guy as a pro athlete. I, I think he's awesome, and it, it just kind of sucks. Yeah, you know, I'll just say that, you know, when you when you put your sports hat on and you take your loyalties off for a second, um, you can't do anything but respect the kind of athlete and player and person Charles Peanut Tillman is. And, you know, when I saw the play and, you know, and you knew it was the same tricep and, um, you know, they showed him on the sideline with tears running out of his eyes. It was kind of like he knew – um, it, it, for one, probably done for the season, which turned out to be the case, and um, you know, might be it for this career. You know, and and it's just it's sad because he he has meant so much to the Bears, and 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 when this guy, I mean, this was a guy, um, you know, kind of like me, you know, Sean Taylor, late Sean Taylor Reskins, like love to hate him. You know, guy. You know, Tillman was just—he's just so doggone good when he's healthy. You know, and uh, yeah. wreaked havoc. You know what I mean? And he's just like I got a lot of respect for him, but he used to piss me off. You know, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't mind a guy getting injured and out for a couple of games, but when when it's possibly career-ending, you got to feel bad. You got to feel bad. So um, the, the one thing that people don't know a lot—I mean, a lot, I don't—I don't think a lot of fans don't know T is that he's probably the only cornerback in the league. As a matter of fact, no, I will tell you guys this, and I know this coming from someone who was in Detroit training camp, uh, and he said, he, Calvin Johnson told him this, out of all the cornerbacks in the league, his toughest opponent was Charles Hill. Absolutely. Oh, I knew his that. toughest was Charles Hill. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I mean it's 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 unfortunate for your team. But you know while we're talking about your team, you guys got a nice victory Sunday night. Yep, I'm pretty ecstatic about that. <laughs> mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. Did you learn yeah, anything? I think the I, yeah. I learned what I need to learn. Which is what? What did you learn? Out. The reverse psychology works. Reverse psychology, my butt. Reverse psychology, my butt. Let's just, you know, Adam is out there listening, and Adam's, like, giving you all these kudos. I'm like, Adam, how long you been listening to the show? How long you been listening to the show? You know, first of all, we preach, we are fans, we preach loyalty to our teams on this show. That's what we preach, okay? So you were not loyal to your team, period. I I, I disagree with that, T, because I knew things. I followed my team. We were half the line injured. We were probable two top receivers down, and I had to make my pick on Tuesday night. 
No, I don't pick us to win. Mm-hmm. But we went in the game mm-hmm. with those two receivers, and they made the difference. Have we not and had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffries? That's not a win. But you had them. Well, we had them. Okay. But my pick had to be made on Tuesday. Not I mean, an hour wait, wait, and a half I, before the game. So, so, so wait a minute. How many years have you been doing the Madden Voice and we've been doing picks? We've been doing it. This is probably our fourth year. Okay. Have you ever picked against your Bears? No, and I chose to be objective this season. All right. So just so everybody knows, don't believe this line of hogwash that Train's feeding you. The reason that Dr. (laughs) Train picked the Bears to lose was because we are tracking the weekly pickums, and he wasn't going to risk since since the since the odds were going into San Francisco playing a 49er team, the odds were that they were going to lose that game. The odds, and he would rather say, "Well, I'm trying to win this weekly pick'em, so I'm going to pick the 49ers." But then if my Bears win, I'm still happy. So since it's unlikely they're going to win, I'm going to pick the 49ers so I can get this pick'em because I'm trying to win this pick'em. So that's what everybody needs to know. Don't listen to all this, I'm trying to be objective, and we didn't have our wide receivers. And that's a bunch of bullshit, okay? He was trying to win, and he's leading to pick them. But he was wrong. So my thing to you is stay loyal to your team, man. Your team's out here fighting. I, I'm always and, loyal and, to my and, team. And, and I didn't watch the game number one for the Bears You are the number one the Bears fan. For the Bears. Yeah, I know that, but you picked against them. Yes, I did. You can't make me, me picking again. Me picking against the Bears in a pick'em has nothing to do with me being a Bears fan. It's to the core. I want my team to win. I love my team. If you believe in your team, then you step up Mm -hmm. and say, "My team can go in San Francisco and win this game." And here's why. Here's why. We may not have this. We may not have that. But let me tell you what we do have. We do have Matt Forte. We do have Jay Cutler. We do have Martellus Bennett. We are playmakers. We thrive on adversity. We do have a good coach. And you make the case as to why your team can win. That's what you normally do, Dr. Train. Don't make me have to pull footage. Yep. On and I'm not doing it this year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, everybody listening, including you, Adam, in Australia, understand why. It's not because he's being objective. He's trying to win to pick them. And I hope every time he picks against his Bears, I hope they win, every single time. And, and, and Adam, as I said on, on the Madden Voice Facebook page, you don't get credibility this way. Your credibility is by being right. That's credibility. Yeah. That, that you want to listen to someone that is actually picking the games and, and, and being correct. That's how you gain credibility. That's all I'm saying. Let, let me throw my two cents in real quick. Let's, let's remember week one, San Francisco playing that badge. And I think everybody under the sun knew San Francisco was going to win. But your boy here was still going to pick Dallas just because. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, but I'm standing by my team. That's what you're supposed to do. This is a show for the fans. We teach fans how to be good fans. You don't turn your back on your team. Even in a, even in a meaningless pick you sit up there and pick your Keyword, meaningless. But, hey, we just agree to disagree on this one. Now, if there's some money involved, we might have a different discussion. 
<laughs> and, there, and there it is. <laughs> I said, Mike. Uh oh, did we miss it? Is Big Brother T there? No, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Um, There's been talk about Cousins' fourth round pick really being a starter. There's talk about, um, you know, I brought it up right after the draft. I drafted Cousins in the fourth round of the same draft. Now it's his team. We know RG3 is out for at least six weeks. Uh, everything that I'm hearing suggests that he may be done for the year, but they're going to wait it out and see how he rehabs and all of that. What do you think this means for the Redskins, especially since they they immediately re- responded pretty well to Cousins back there with a very explosive offensive game? What do you think this means for the Redskins? Was that to me or to? Oh, uh, that was to JV. Oh, okay. Oh. I think, uh, to to me, I think this is a positive for the Redskins. I mean, you look at the eyeball test with you have Kirk Cousins back there versus RG3, it just seems like right now with the kind of offense they're trying to run, he's a better fit. Now, granted, it was against a Jaguars defense, but still, you go back to preseason how he looked. He looked sharp then. He looked sharp against the Jaguars. I think this is a positive for him. I think this is a positive for the team. We'll see what happens when RG3 is healthy enough to return. I've been one to be on the side of you don't lose your job due to injury, but if they're playing well and they're in the playoff hunt, you got to keep them in there. Train? Uh, team, really, I just want to give you a virtual high five and a chest bump for calling this one such a trap. And uh, it sucks for RG3. He made his mistake when he tried to come back too soon from an injury and he should have just took his time. He was the franchise quarterback. He was drafted to be the franchise franchise quarterback. He had a little bit more uh, leniency as far as uh, the team was concerned, as far as bringing him back as starting. He should have just took his time, and he didn't take his time, and now everything is falling downhill from him, and it's just everything is set up for, for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, you know, there's a reason why I call myself the omniscient one. Um, self-appointed, I will admit, but nevertheless, there are things that 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 my years and years of watching football show me. And, um, you know, bottom line is this. If, if the Redskins are playing well, RG3 will never be a starter for that team again. Cousins now has a chance to take that job, period. Uh, we've seen this. We've seen this game before. We saw it in New England with Drew Bledsoe. We saw it in uh, San Francisco with um, Steve Young. We saw it in Dallas with Tony Romo. You know, although Tony Romo actually got the starting job because um, Drew Bledsoe was was not performing well, um, so it wasn't really injury related. But we've seen injured quarterbacks, high draft pick injured quarterbacks, Hall of Fame, <laughs> and lose their jobs. So. My prediction, and I, and Train is right, I've been saying this for a while, 
if Kirk Cousins goes in there and plays well and the Redskins become a competitive team in the NFC East, it will be his team. And what happens to RG3? Who knows? Because we have to accept the fact that RG3, after year one, has not done anything. Period. He's not done a thing. And, um, you know, the, the endorsements and the commercials and all of that were great for him. But what has he actually done? And that's the bottom line. He didn't do anything. So um, keep an eye on this one because we, we, we might have seen the last of RG3 in a redskin uniform as a starter. Um, Jamal Charles is out. Now, Train, you got to help me with this one. You got to help me with this one. Last week, we did a bona fide, a bona front with Jamal Charles. K-Star said Jamal Charles was bona fide. K-Star said I would never trade him. He's a franchise quarterback, uh, running back. Right? You remember that? Yes, absolutely. He then turned around and proceeded to trade him in our league for uh, – uh, what's his name? Bell from the Steelers. Yeah. Now, pretty much. we know that he is a Steeler fan. But nevertheless, I, I didn't get it because he just got off the show saying he would never trade Jamal Charles and then went the very next day and made the trade. And that said, now Jamal, it's almost like, you know, did you, did you have a crystal ball? Because now he's out four to six weeks, high ankle sprain. And we know how high ankle sprains can linger. Um, your thought on Jamal Charles being out and and Kansas City, who has not looked very good to begin with, um, now with Jamal Charles on the on, on you know hurt. What do you think this means, and what does this mean for uh, fantasy football players? Let me just say real quick. In the case of Pimmer, I thought that was a horrible trade. Period. Secondly, um, for the Chiefs, it's pretty devastating. I'm sorry. That dude is a major part of their offense. And I understand uh, now Davis is talented, but he's not Jamal Charles. And now Davis is a good, a good number two, a great number two running back to have. Uh, and maybe he turns into something, but we all knew what Jamal Charles can do. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt a team that, that has a quarterback that's afraid to throw downfield. I'm sorry, Alex Smith just does not sling the ball downfield. Anywhere between uh, zero to 20 yards, he got you covered. Past that, mm-mm, he's not pulling the trigger, not even, to take, not even to take a chance. He tries to play it safe, and the offense will suffer for it, and they just paid him too. Tragic. And mm. the defense is injured. Mm. 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 So much of those Chiefs. Well, this is a good segue. I'm jumping ahead a bit, but since we're talking about the Chiefs, we're going to jump to JB's rant because JB wants to talk about the Chiefs. So since we're already on this subject, JB, we're going to go ahead and give you the floor on your frustrations with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, indeed, and I appreciate that because JB, IBM, I bring the mic to the Chiefs because Last year, under first-year coach Andy Reid, you come out the blocks, 9-0, everybody's talking about 
Super Bowl and making all these big wild predictions and there's chaos in, in Kansas City and the fans are going nuts. Arrowhead Stadium is rocking and ever since then, you've lost eight of your last ten. Did you forget how to win ball games? Did you forget how to prepare to win? You have basically the same personnel, and people gave you a pass for kind of stumbling towards the end. You get a lot of momentum. Your schedule gets a little bit more difficult. You finish on not so much of a high. You lose in the playoffs. You had a huge lead on, on the Colts, and you let that one slip away. People still thought that, well, Kansas City is going to come back. There's going to be uh, the uproar. The Rockets is going to come back. You're going to be in contention for the AFC West title along with the Chargers along with the Broncos, and you come out 0-2. And as I said it to my brother, and he corrected me, and I appreciate it, 12% of the teams make the playoffs that start off 0-2. 12%. 12%. Now, if the math does me right, that's one out of every eight teams gets to the playoffs. Combine that now with losing your franchise running back. And, and I agree with Dr. Train, that's a huge loss. That is a huge loss because you put pressure on Alex Smith, you put pressure on your defense, you put pressure on Niles Davis to perform, that's a huge loss. And you're at 0-2 in a competitive division. You lost eight of your last 10. What is going on? What are they going to do to rewrite the script? Because right now, it's shown that based on, on the math, Numbers never lie. You lose eight of your last ten, start off 0-2, you're not going to the playoffs. Next man up, got to perform. Who's he going to be? Coaches got to perform, too. You can't go in there without a game plan and expect your players to live up to expectations. So this is a challenge to not just the players, not just the coaching staff, but to the organization as a whole. You need to rewrite the script, get things going, or you're going to be watching the playoffs just like the rest of us. All right. All right. Um, did you did you like that background music I gave you? Did you like that? I appreciate it. Oh, I did. I, I definitely little, did. Gave you just a little background just to spice it up a bit. My only thing I will say, I will add is, and, and this doesn't happen on the Madden Voice often, um, but I will say that K-Star was right about them Chiefs. Um, he said all along that he didn't believe it. Um, I told him that, you know, any team that's 9-0, and they're 9-0. and And even when we're doing our power rankings, um, which we will be resuming soon, um, he was saying, I don't believe in them. And I and he, Train and I were both were like, but they're 9-0. and <laughs> You know, you ain't got to believe in them. They're undefeated. Um, and, and there may have been some strength to his argument um, more than we gave him credit for at the time, particularly him saying Alex Smith wasn't really a playmaker. He was more of a game manager, and frankly, over the last 10 games, that's really what we've seen. Um, the guy at one point had an incredible winning percentage as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, in the last 10 games, that has changed. And, um, uh, yeah, so um, they they really are not um, – um, who we thought they were, you know, if 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 if, if you will. Um, we just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. 
We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit! We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> that never gets old. I love that. Some of the best of Benny Green. <laughs> the better bloody. I'm off my soapbox, so you can continue on. I said what I had to say. Did we lose T again? Uh, you know what it is? I'm here. It, it, for some reason, my headset keeps the, the, the – I keep hitting the mute button. I never had this problem before. So I'm here, and I just – I don't understand why tonight I keep hitting the mute button. I've been using the same headset for years. Um, but I'm here. Um, um, I want to talk about the Colts and the Eagles and those doggone Eagles again. And, and, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. They're the first team in NFL history in the first two weeks of the season to be down by 14 points in the second half and to come back and win both games. So uh, hats off to the Eagles for being able to pull that off. Um, Wasn't as impressed against Jacksonville, but certainly impressive to be able to do that against what we think is a good Colts team, although now I'm beginning to wonder. Um, but uh, let me ask you, Train. Um, there was some um, officiating down the stretch that could have cost them this game. What are your thoughts on that? And, and, and you know, and I'm not sure which one of you sent me this question, but it was a good one. Um, you know, what do we do about holding – referees accountable um, for bad calls. Um, what, what do we do? Is there something that we should be doing about that? First question is, do you think the refereeing cost the Colts the game? The second question is, do you think there should be some sort of penalty for blatant missed calls by refs during a game? Dr. Train. All right, can you switch me over to the other number? You're switched. Gotcha. All right. Well, first off, uh, I will give the uh, the Eagles props for the fight. I won't take that away from them. You fought back. You put yourself in position to get a win. But my bigger issue is that it was two missed calls, and and no no game. You should never just just put a game on two missed calls, but. The fact that those calls were in the most crucial point of the game, and I mean they were blatantly missed, uh, really, I mean it, it, it really did hurt the Colts and kind of killed their momentum to, to possibly sealing off, you know, or possibly finishing off the Eagles in the, in that game. And you know, players get they get retro. You know, you get uh players you know they they get an unnecessary roughness they they may or may not get an unnecessary roughness call in the game but they always will get a fine as soon as the tape is revealed you know or reviewed they 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 get a fine whether the flag was called 
or a flag was thrown, whether the flag was not thrown, they would still get a fine. The thing is, does that happen for the refs? Because it needs to be something <laughs> done to make sure they officiate a game. Now, I don't want to take the route that Ray Lewis suggested as far as let's review the film during the game because you were really prolonged game. It's already bad enough that we get more flags thrown. I mean, the Bears game lasted for almost three and a half hours. Uh, and and other games will go longer, you know, with with the fact that they're throwing flags, they're, they're making sure they enforce the holding penalty and the, and the hands to the face penalty. But something needs to be done in a retro to these refs so that they pay attention and do their job right. Because it to me it hurts the integrity of the game. And in that in that particular situation, that was ugly. I am like a one eighth coach fan, but mainly I just, I really like Andrew Luck. But to just see them lose that game like that, uh, that 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 sucks. JB, your thoughts? Yeah, I I have to agree. Uh, for the most part, I think that um, you have to tip your cap to the Eagles for for hanging in there and fight, scratching claw, because you never know what's going to happen. With that said, though, the rest did did cost post game. I think that with the uh, the no call on the pass interference, that was huge. Even bigger than that, though, honestly, I think was the horse collar tackle, the non-horse call, the non-horse collar tackle. You can go back and review those and, and pick up the flag because they've done that before. They pick up, they, they, they talk amongst each other, they have a conference, they pick up the flag, wave it, no penalty. They could have done that here with, with the milliseconds of because that was blatantly missed. That was even worse than the pass interference. As far as what to do with the rest, if I remember correctly, there is some type of rating system or structure that we do have in place where only the best of the best get to referee the playoffs and then the absolute best get to referee the Super Bowl. So there is something in place. I just don't know specifically what type of system, but they do have something. And hopefully these refs will be uh, they're downgraded because of the, the two horrible calls that they had. Yeah, um, they are graded on their accuracy, and the higher graded um, referees are the ones that get to do the playoffs and then ultimately the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, uh, there, there needs to be something done to minimize the referee calls impacting outcomes of games. And I've heard some ideas that, frankly, I like. One idea I heard is, um, you know, um, the last four minutes of games, everything is challengeable, um, but only the last four minutes. That's something to consider. So if you're worried about slowing down the game, it's only down the stretch. Um, frankly, why couldn't every turnover be reviewed? You know, um, that was that 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 play was, you know, one of the two plays was a turnover. You know, so tur- I couldn't ever turnovers are reviewed. They, every turnover is supposed to be reviewed. Yeah, yeah. Every but, but, turnover. Right. But they don't review it. They review. They didn't review it for the purpose of calling penalties. That's the problem. Ah, true. Yeah. Okay. They review it to make sure it was a turnover. That's all. And I say take the handcuffs off and review it for everything. So if I mm-hmm. review it and I say, oh, there was a holding call and I missed it or whatever, I have the po- – right now they can't do that. That you should get it. Don't tell me they can review it, but they can only review it to make sure it's a turnover. That's it. Well, 
That's not helpful. Because what if there's something else you missed on that turnover that would have nullified it? And we're down, you know, in this case, we are down under four minutes to play. So I, I do think that the competition committee has to take a closer look at this. And, and I, I, I agree to a point you don't want to slow the game down. But at the same time, I think they have sped up the review process now where reviews are going pretty quick now. They made some changes, yeah. and the reviews, for the most part, are going pretty quick. So you could increase challenges or reviews or whatever in a game and not really feel um, like it's you know greatly slowing down the game and the rhythm and, and that. So I, I really think in the off season we keep getting games like this, um, you know, which which there's always a handful every year. And, you know, with only 16 games, this ain't the NBA, 82 or baseball, 162 games. This is 16. So you have a loss like this that maybe could have been a win. That could come back later and haunt you. And then if you add in mm-hmm. a division game or a conference game and you're talking tiebreakers, you, you don't want mm-hmm. that. You don't want that. So I really think they have to take a closer look at this. That said, I am a believer that you had a lead – you let them get back in the game in the first place. So you, you, you kind of mm-hmm. made your own problem here, uh, 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 Indianapolis, because you had a lead. You had a pretty good lead going into the second half, and you allowed the yeah. Eagles to come back and make it a game. So while I see the point on the turnover and certainly agree with the point on the horse collar, well, it shouldn't have even gotten that way because, you know, you, you, there were some things that you were doing in the first half that you couldn't do in the second half. That's your fault. And your defense that was shutting them down in the first half didn't have an answer for them in the second half. That's your fault. So you allowed yourself to be in a position where the Eagles came back and tied up that game. That's your fault. <laughs> so, um, um, on the topic of 0-2 teams, and the statistic is 12% from 1990 to now, only 12% that start at 0-2 make the playoffs. Um, and it's even a smaller percentage getting to the Super Bowl, and it's even a smaller percentage um, winning the Super Bowl. I believe it's three teams uh, in, in that 23-year period or 24-year period that have won a Super Bowl after starting 0-2. So let me ask Dr. Train, and I'm actually going to help you out here and um, get some standings. Um, I, I got them up. <laughs> you got them up? Okay. So hey, let's talk 0-2 teams. Pick one. Mm-hmm. Who is, if you had to pick one 0-2 team and said, for my money, this team's still going to make the playoffs, who would you pick? Now, just for the audience that's out there listening, Jags are 0-2, Colts are 0-2, Raiders and Chiefs are 0-2, Giants are 0-2, um, Saints, Buccaneers, 0-2, and, and that's it. So those are your 0-2 teams. So if you had to pick just one, who's your money going on? If I had to put my money on a team, I would put my money on the Colts, and that's because of the division that they're in. Um, I see that Houston has started out 2-0, and uh, but there's a ton of games to play, and I still think the Colts are the better team in the division. Um. Yeah, that that's where okay. my money would go. Okay, JB, same question. One team. I'd have to go with the Saints because they're, gosh, 
uh, a field goal and an overtime away from being 2-0, and they wouldn't even be in this discussion. Uh, if they were just able to shore up some, some issues on defense, uh, they could they can make some noise and get back in it. Tough division, but for the money, I put it on the Saints. Yeah, and I I I um I don't think the Colts is a bad pick, although I'm I'm a little concerned. Um, are they are they who we thought they were? Um, time will tell. But I'd have to go with the Saints. Um, they could very easily be two and zero right now, and they're zero and two. And um, you know, in their division, I mean. I mean, the Panthers are certainly the Panthers' defense is looking for real. But you know, I, I'm still not sold on Cam Newton as an elite quarterback, as an upper echelon quarterback. He's good, he's solid, but to put him in the upper tier, I'm not sold. And now coming off the rib injury, um, so I, I I don't know. Um, but let me say this: I say the Saints for one reason and one reason only: Drew Brees and that offense. Um, we are seeing that the defense has issues. And I just want to just say that everybody gave Jerry Jones a hard time for cutting Rob Ryan, getting rid of Rob Ryan. And he comes in last year and he does a decent job. Well, did people forget how bad the Saints defense was the year before? They were the worst in NFL history the year before. And so he comes in there, he makes them a top five defense. Congratulations. Rob Ryan has shown that he can go in almost anywhere for one year and, and make a defense competitive. Where Rob Ryan has failed is to do that repeatedly, and we're seeing that now. So now all of a sudden, no one's bringing that up. Now all of a sudden, and oh, um, what defense is playing pretty good football right now? Oh, Rod Marinelli's defense over there in Dallas with, with – uh, you know, uh, 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 undrafted free agents and people off the street, you know, and, and guys that were out of football a year ago, Melton and McLean in there now getting some stuff done. So, you know, sometimes, and, 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 you know, I try not to make this a Cowboy football show, but sometimes, you know, everybody wants to get on Jerry Jones and say he don't know this and he don't know that, but when he does something right, it's crickets. Well, he's the general manager, right? And maybe he knew something. By letting Rob Ryan go? Because the Saints D ain't looking that good now, are they? All of a sudden, they're not looking that good, huh? Hmm. Okay, I had to just throw that out there. Um, oh, damn, that felt good. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's change gears and go to Dr. Train's philosophy. Let's give Dr. Train uh, – oh, hold on here. This is for Dr. Train. Dr. Train's philosophy. Shoot. Oh, man. Um, so, Adam. <laughs> this is he directed to Adam because he hated I used this word so much last season. But, see, you mentioned when we were talking about uh, the Eagles and Colts game, um, you know, you said, you know, we have a handful of games like this. And I'm not sure if you were referring exactly to the – the fact that the refereeing failed towards the end of the game or the fact that the game was so close and the refereeing failed. Well, I take that. Either way you either way you meant it, I just take that as to say, you know, we will see true parity this year. We're going to have a ton of games like that in reference to games being close and coming down the wire. I don't think there's going to be a ton of blowouts. 
I think there's going to be a ton of close games this season, even even interconference games. There's going to be a ton of close games, and it's going to make for a heck of a football season. If you look across, if you even, even if you just take a look at the standings, two and zero, Houston Texans, really, zero and two Saints and Colts. I'm I'm still wiping my eyes, and yet they're still zero and two. Unbelievable. Uh. Who's who pulled up? I mean, the Browns pulling off a win against the Saints. You don't, you know, it's it's, it's got to be a you know this, this has got to be a fantasy world that we're living in. But no, this is what the football has come down to. It's come down to matchups. It's come down to teams truly preparing. Coaches only got three years to get it right, maybe, depending on who the owner is and who the GM is. You may have that long. But you got to get it right quickly, and you got to turn around quickly. And along with that, along with systems changing, along with uh, people, you know, focusing more on developing their players. But the, just the the fact that teams want to win quickly is going. It's it's creating basically creating great parity in the league, and we're going to have competitive games all season long. And all the predictions that were made before the season started. I need everyone to take them up, ball them up, and just toss them out the window because it's not happening. We have no clue, and we won't have a clue till after week 17. <laughs> no, not prior to week 17, till after week 17 will we, will we have maybe even a glimpse because then there's still the playoffs. I'm loving it. Can you dig right. it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You know, I'm going to piggyback you for a minute. And I didn't do my first take challenge this week. But I should have because there was one thing I heard that kind of got under my skin. And it was Stephen A. Smith saying that he thinks the Eagles are the only team in the NFC that could challenge the Seahawks and the reason Dr. Train you asked about doing power rankings and I said I'd like to do them after week four the reason is because I think you need four weeks to really get a sense of who the upper echelon teams in the NFL are I don't think you can tell that after two weeks I don't think you know I, I, I just I just don't um and for all the reasons you just said about parity and about you know, the Browns and, the, and, and, and beating the, the Browns, the Browns beating the Saints, the Browns, right? And, you know, I mean, I mean you know, and, and the Colts being 0-2 after going two years in a row at 11-5, the Saints being 0-2. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't think after two weeks you can sit here and make statements like that. You can't say, well, the only team in the, in the NFC that can play the Seahawks are the Eagles. Really? Really? So, so you're telling me, based, and this is a Seahawks team that just lost, okay? They just lost. But there's only one team in the NFC, and that's the Eagles. And that's the same Eagles team that was down 17 to nothing to the Jaguars and 20 to 6 to the Colts. But they're the team that can go ahead and challenge the Seahawks. And we know this after two weeks. No, we don't! So I agree with you, Train. We've got some, some pretty major parity here in the NFL. We really don't know much. There might be a few things we know. 
I mean, we know the Giants stink, <laughs> okay? You know, Man. there might be a few things we know, you know. But who would have thought the Bills would be 2-0? The Bills? They're leading the AFC East at 2-0. You know? I, I, I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, there are things that we don't know, and there's a lot of one-on-one teams, but that's the way it always is after two weeks. And the one-on-one teams can go either way. Go to four or five and one, or they can go to two and six. We just don't know. You don't really know. We just know that two weeks have been played. We've got some injuries. We've got some off-the-field stuff. But as far as being able to predict who is the upper echelon in the NFL right now, right now, I don't know. You, you just don't know. The Broncos are two and zero, oh, but do they really look dominant at two and zero, oh? like they did last year? No, they don't. So you you just don't know. Period. So, you know, for us, I'm saying after four weeks we'll do power rankings. I think you have a better sense of who your top teams are. But for all those analysts out there that are saying, um, you know, uh, this, you know uh, this team and they're not going to make the playoffs, and you, you don't know. So stop. Stop. It's only two games. Stop. Cut it out. Good God. Okay. <laughs> all right. I agree. All right. I'm sorry. I just... All right, all right. Um, pep talks. Uh, new segment where we get to choose anybody NFL related. Could be a player, a coach, an owner. It could be someone we've seen on TV. Anyone we want NFL related that we want to take a minute and just talk to them for whatever our reasons are. I call it pep talk, and I'm going to start. And, and everyone isn't going to have someone every week. So JB may not have anybody. Dr. Trey may not have anybody. It's okay. I have somebody that I need to give a pep talk to. Um, and, and this is, if I had this opportunity, this is what I would say to this guy. My, my person <coughs> is, you know, Cowboy Coach Jason Garrett. If I could sit him down, I would say, good job. Two things I heard from him that I'm not used to hearing. The first I heard is, when he was asked about DeMarco Murray's fumble, who has now fumbled twice in the first half and two games in a row, and he was asked, he said, hey, you've gotten three of what's going to probably be 30 carries. Hold the damn ball. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's, that, I, that's right on point. And the second thing is, at the end of the first half, he's been known to mismanage the clock and make bad decisions. But in this game, called a timeout, got the ball back, and they were able to go down and get a field goal. And that's because Jason Garrett managed that clock and called the timeout when Tennessee had the ball um, and, and, and was able to, for Dallas to get the ball back, decent field position, made a play, called a timeout, boom, kicked the field goal. And now instead of 13-0, to zero, it's 16. And if you watch enough football, 13 and 16 is, too, is, is not even close. 13, you, you still feel like you're in the game. 16, you start to feel like you're, you're out of it because that's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions as opposed to just two seven-point touchdowns. So huge, huge decision-making. So what I would say to Jason Garrett is good job. And then I'd say don't forget what you did to make this happen and keep it. You have a defense that is playing better. You have an offense that we know is explosive. I will say this. Tony Romo is not right. 
something's wrong with Tony Romo. I don't know if it's Russ. I don't know if it's the back. But Tony, even though he played better, keep an eye on Tony Romo. I'm telling you now, something's not right with Tony Romo. Something's not right. But he did enough to win this game. Threw the ball 25 times, ran 45 times. Play calling extraordinaire. Defense playing. You've got an opportunity going to play the Rams to go to 2-1 and one and get ready for those Saints. And if you can beat the Saints who have struggled and their defense is not that good, you could make noise and start to show people that you are going to compete for the NFC East, if not compete for a playoff or Super Bowl run. This is it. This is where the teams can either rise and get on a winning streak or they can fall. You have no more chances, Jason Garrett. This is it. Your team is responding. They're playing well. We're going to do 10 VPs. If, if I wasn't, if, if I could pick my own team, DeMarco Murray, 29 carries, 167 yards, the man was a beast. He is clearly showing to be one of the better running backs in the NFL. If he can stay healthy, he, by the end of the year, might be the best running back in the NFL because we don't even know what's going to happen to Adrian Peterson. So he could very well be, be uh, proclaimed as the best running back in the NFL, where Darren, uh, 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 LaShawn McCoy may not even be the best running back on his own team, if you saw what Darren Sproles did. But that's another conversation. Um, Point remains, you have it right now, Jason. You've got it. The parts are clicking. You got Scandrick coming back. Spencer will be making a move to come back soon. We haven't had him in a year. He's a great pass rusher. People are kind of getting healthy. I mean, you've got it right now. You've got it. What are you going to do with it? Because I'm going to tell you, you don't make the playoffs this year, you're done. You're out of here. Then I'll go coach the Cowboys. All right. Okay, maybe I wouldn't say that if I was trying to pep talk him. Um, <laughs> so delete that last line. Um, you guys have anybody? Because I know we didn't talk about this, so it's kind of you know. Well, I, I, I gave it some thought. I'll just I'll just say one really, really, really quickly. Uh, my pep talk would go out to the to the Bears defense. Uh, you know, before this season, even prior to last season, I was, I'm used to watching a team with a dominant defense. As a matter of fact, I go get drink of water. I go, you know, bathroom break when offense is on the field. That's how it was. You know, it's nice to have a great offense, but it would be even nicer if just the defense could continue. This past Sunday was like the first time I've seen the defense look anywhere close to it was under the Lovey Smith era. And so I am telling the defense, I am preaching to the defense, continue, get some kind of consistency. Yes, we lost Charles Tillman, but Kyle Fuller came in as if he had been in this league for five or six years, like he was in his prime. And I hope he can continue to play like that each week because he pretty much just took Crabtree's money. Just let me get this. You don't need this. We need it more than you do. I just want the defense to continue. Willie Young seems to be one seems to be our best pass rusher on the team. Jerry Allen has a consistent motor. Lance Bridge got a lot of flack for going out to his restaurant instead of being with the team and then played poorly the first week but came back the second week and he's on point. I mean everything seems seems to click in that game and I just want to see that continue. We're not gonna win every game, but I would just love to see that dominant defensive effort continue for the rest of the season. All right. JB, anything? JB? 
Did yeah, you I'm here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the team that, that I say needs a pep talk, uh, not saying I want to, but the team that needs a pep talk is the New York Football Giants. You're only two, giving up 60 points. You were up 14 to 10 going into the fourth quarter at home against Arizona, and they come back and score 15 unanswered to beat you down. Whatever happened to the G-men, that, that vaunted defense, back when they had Tuck on one side and they had, uh, wasn't a straight hand on the other, they had DBs, they had, they had people flying all over the place. Last year you started 0-6. Then you go on and win seven of your, of your last ten and make it look reasonable. It seems like you want to repeat the process. You did like 2013 all over again. You're starting off 0-2, looking like you're ready for 0-16. Be competitive. It's the National Football League. It's not one. We're not out here waiting for bathroom breaks and whatnot and snack. No. This is professional football. Act like professionals. Smash mouth football. You got Ellington coming in there with a bum foot, running all up and down. You had Matthew Stafford slinging all over the place, and you see he didn't do much this week. What's going on in New York? You're in a weak division, a division you can make some noise in if you can get out of your own way. Get it going. This is ridiculous. I could go in there and run for 100 yards, and, and y'all know I am but 2.3 ounces. <laughs> it's I would say that I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on this division being as weak as everybody thinks. Though, the Eagles certainly can play. Redskins looking better under Cousins, forty-one points. Cowboys defense does not look pathetic. Um, I, I'd say this 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 division ain't, ain't going to be weak anymore. Um, it's it's going to be competitive. These teams, these three out of these four teams, are going to be competitive. That's that's even more reason to get it together then, or you're gonna get left behind real fast. Well, they're gonna get left behind. I mean, that would be a wasted yeah, I mean, pep talk because that we all know that. But the team that needs a pep talk, it would be yeah. Them. They do but need we it. All they do need it. They do need. They need that and then some. Yeah, they do need it. There's no doubt about it. They do need it. Um, all right. Uh, MVPs, weekly MVPs. Uh, uh, train. Who would be your MVP? And remember, guys, everyone out there listening. In case you forgot the number three four seven eight three eight nine five two five three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Um, real quick, breaking news: uh, the players' union is going to appeal Ray Rice's indefinite suspension. Um, so the players' union has has looked at it and has uh, clearly, if they're representing him, they must feel that the suspension was. Um, let me see. The NFLPA appeal is based on supporting facts that reveal a lack of a fair and impartial process, including the role of the office of the commissioner of the NFL. We have asked that a neutral and jointly selected arbitrator hear this case as the commissioner and his staff will be essential witnesses in the proceeding and thus cannot serve as impartial arbitrators. Hmm. This is breaking news, by the way, everybody listening. This is like fresh. This is right now that this is being announced. Um, yeah. 
I'm just going I'm not even going to repeat everything I said earlier cuz it just it just goes it just right in line with what's going on right here. They, they they just said it. The lack of due process. There you go. Damn, I'm good. All right. Um MVPs <laughs> pick one, but it can't be one of your own players from the teams that you support. Dr. Train you first. I I was really trying to search for a defensive player first. Because sometimes we we look at the we do these MVPs and we leave out defense, um, and all hey, hey, went with my went first with wait, wait, now, my first defensive player, my first MVP was JJ Watt last week. Remember? I, oh, I don't, JJ I don't even remember what. No, well, I'm just saying, generally speaking, T, not specific okay. to you. I understand right. it was JJ Watt, but yeah. okay. And you said I couldn't pick my own team, so I couldn't touch a rookie cornerback. So. I did go offense, and I only went offense with this guy because, man, he torched Seattle, man. <laughs> and that's Antonio Gates. I'm sorry. Richard Sherman may be, as they want to call him, quote-unquote, shut down corner for possibly shutting down one side of the field. I don't know, looking real shaky. But it, Antonio Gates caught the ball on every part of the field. I don't care what side Richard Sherman was on, safety was on, the other corner was on. He caught the ball everywhere and destroyed them for three for three scores. And it was for a defense that was supposed to be, quote, unquote, impenetrable. And it's supposed to have arguably the best secondary in the league. Yeah, he torched it all day. And they said something about Ladarius Green getting some time. Yeah, I don't see it. Not no time soon. The gates that we once knew may be back. Um, so let's let's uh, pause the MVP and let's just stay on Seattle for a minute. Um, and I meant to hit this earlier, and I apologize. Um, Train, I'm going to ask you. Um, there was mm-hmm. a lot of scuttlebutt about Sherman being exposed, and he laughed it off. Um, based on your comments, what do you think? Was Richard Sherman exposed? I don't think you can call him exposed because um, – you didn't necessarily attack this man's strength, but you did go. You did even out your offense and go to his side, you know. And the analyst actually got this one right. Yeah, when you stay underneath Sherman, it's uh, you can complete a pass on him, but it's less than ten yards. You know, after ten yards, you you may be in you you may be in some trouble. I mean, even when we played him in the preseason, yeah, we got we got blowed out. But as far as us being able to complete passes on him, we did a lot of hitches, you know. And they had respect for our receivers, of course. But we, you know, we got big receivers, big targets. We did a lot of hitches. We stayed underneath them. And you have to be patient against that defense. I can't necessarily say that he was he was exposed per se, because you didn't truly attack him downfield where you know his strength is, or attack him deep. Okay. JB, what do you think? Was he exposed? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think he was exposed. Um, I think it raised some eyebrows on how to handle him a bit, but I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as to say exposed. I don't think one game can can discount what he's done so far in his career. Uh, part of my rant a couple of weeks ago would have been Aaron Rodgers not throwing at him. You got the best arm going against the best corner with the, some very, very good wide receivers. Why not challenge mm-hmm. him? So 
I tip my cat to to uh, to train for selecting Philip Rivers as the MVP, and I also tip my cap to Philip Rivers for testing it because you don't know what you're going to get unless you do go after him and see what you get. And I think they they game plan them very well, and these are the results. But to answer your question, no, I don't think one game is going to call him exposed. I think he select. Did you select Gates as your MVP train? I, I selected. I selected Gates. Okay. My bad. My bad. I, it, it is a toss up. You could have done it. That that's true. Philip Rivers threw the passes. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, I don't think he was exposed because I don't think he's as good as he says he was from the beginning. Um, he is a self hype machine, and I never thought he was as good as he said he was. He is a very good cornerback, but I watched the entire career of the best cornerback to ever play the game, and that would be one Deion Primetime Sanders. And this guy can get whole Deion, Deion sneakers. I mean, you want to see a guy that literally would shut down half a field and you would not throw on him, not in the flats, not short passes, nothing that was Dion. If Dion said you ain't getting one complete, you wasn't getting one complete. Um, and so I don't think he was exposed because I don't think he's as good as he said he is. I think he's good, but he ain't great yet. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, I agree with you, Jay, 100%, gave him way too much respect. Throw at that. Wow, ball. yeah. Make him earn all the accolades that he is self-professing. I am one that loves braggadocious players to a point, but he is now getting on my nerves. He is now because your defense is a collective group of players. You have a lot of very good players on that defense. You have a pass rush. You have some great linebackers. You have another good cornerback and good safety. So for you to sit there and talk all that junk as if you're the man when you're not, you're just another player on a very good defense, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not buying. So um, he's starting to get me to not like him. I know he's educated. I know he's a smart guy, and I know he's a good athlete, and he's a good player, and he's got a Super Bowl rank. But I'm getting, I'm start, he's just starting to irk me a little bit, dude. Starting to irk me a little bit. Got to do a little bit more as a player before you start talking about the greatest of all time and all this stuff that he'd be spouting, you know. I, 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 so, mm-hmm. so, no, he wasn't exposed because I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. And kudos to Antonio Gates, the, the wily veteran has been doing this for so long. And you know what? I've given Phillip Rivers a lot of a hard time. But on this particular day, he was the man. I mean, he was the man, and he and he he is the type of quarterback that don't care. He will go in and go at whoever. Yeah. He he has no fear, and for that I give yep. him credit. No fear. That's the ultimate gunsling. Oh, absolutely. He's got no fear. Mm-hmm. He he is not afraid of you. He don't care. Dion could be out there and he gonna throw at him. You know. Yep. I mean, he yeah. don't care. And I give him. And I and for that I respect Philip Rivers for that. Um, yep. JB, you know what that. Just, just one more on, on, on that Sherman and Rivers and Gates. You know what Dad would say. You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. Absolutely. 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 Awesome. Absolutely. Um, so with that said, I, I'll give my MVP for the week. Um, one of the more underrated receivers in the league. He had an absolute monster game and was part of the cornerstone of the comeback 
this particular weekend, and that's Jordy Nelson of the Packers racking up 209 yards of, of, in receiving. You, you think of wide receivers, obviously he's not going to be the first name that pops to your head. You're going to think Calvin Johnson. You're going to think A.J. Green. But this guy, Jordy Nelson, is, is not one to sleep on. And the 209 yards that he got, that's not a fluke. The guy's real deal, and he can play football. So he's my MVP for the week. Um, I good choices. Both you guys, uh, Gates, um, you, the, the inference of, of Rivers, but really Gates, and uh, Jordy Nelson, great choices. Mine is Darren Sproles. Um, and, and for me to pick an eagle, you know, uh, Darren Sproles has made me 0-2 in the EFL Super, uh, Fantasy Football League, but I'm not worried. I'll be, I'll be back. Um, but he put up 30 points last night, fantasy points. Did he make he, uh, that LaShawn McCoy may not be the best running back on his team? Okay, I'm not an idiot. LaShawn McCoy is the best running back on that team. He's, he's a monster. Um, and, and the fact that he didn't have an outstanding game uh, probably helped Darren Sproles, uh, frankly. Um, but that said... I, you know, what Sproles was able to do at 31 years old, nine years in the league, um, you know, and on his third team, um, I mean, looking like he's back to being 24 years old, the quick moves and the acceleration and the good hands. And, I mean, it was it was it really was the difference. They did not have an answer for Sproles. It seemed like um, the Colts were determined to stop Shady, and they did a decent job doing that. Um but I mean, this this dude, five foot six, hundred seventy five pounds of just pure dynamite. He was spectacular. He was spectacular. Had a career high, one hundred fifty two yards in receiving, um, and 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 was the difference. If if he hadn't been in that game, the Eagles lose. There's no doubt about it. Um, he yeah. he is he he is the X factor on that team. And um, you know, while Foles is not lighting lighting it up. And I did predict that the read option and some of the gimmicky stuff that they did won't work as well, and we're seeing that. What I didn't see was Sproles coming in and turning back the hands of time and playing this well. I didn't see that coming. Um, and that is, that is something that's going to give teams trouble. I can tell you that. If he stays yeah. healthy, he's, he's, he's going to be very tough to cover, particularly knowing that there's another running back, LaShawn McCoy, who on any given day could be the best running back in the NFL on any given day. So what are you going to do now? <laughs> You know, that's a hell of a one-two what, punch. What I like about that one-two punch is the fact that the off the Eagles' offense does not miss a beat. And what Sproles can do with a swing pass? Yeah. It's sometimes it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, it's a swing pass. It's nothing major. It's a yeah, swing it's, pass, and from that point, it is all Sproles. <sighs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Not I agree. agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And as a team, that has got to play them twice. But I will say this. Cowboys have a guy named Lance Dunbar who has a lot of those same moves and have done some things with him. So it'll be interesting if they're watching tape of the Eagles, if they adapt any of that stuff and bring um, it, it'll be interesting. And it'll be interesting if the Eagles can turn around and defend a player similar to Sproles. Um, it's going to be a very intriguing game, you know, down the road a bit, but um Sproles, I mean, I, I'm not an Eagle fan. Matter of fact, I can't stand Eagles. They're my division, but I got to give credit where credit is due. You are the truth. You're my weekly MVP. All right. Um, we are going to go with picks. And, um, well, Dr. Train, why don't you give us our week two results and then our up-to-date through week two results on the pick six? 
All right, week two results. Uh, man, I think we all just uh, we we all did kind of <laughs> subpar this week, but uh, we had three people at three and three. Uh, myself, little bit brother Jay, and K Star all went three and three on the pick six, and uh, Commission T is at the bottom with two and four. Uh, in effect of our overall results, um, starting from the bottom, uh, the two brothers are tied. Holding hands, you know what I'm saying. Way to stay together at six and six. K stars in second at seven and five, and yours truly is at the top at eight and four. So, damn! If you had picked the Bears, you'd be nine and three, man. I'm just saying. Indeed, anyway, I would. Nine and three. <laughs> just um, all right. Well, it's only two weeks in, and me, 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 and my brother are at six and six. We're only one game behind K Star, two games behind Train. I ain't worried. I, I ain't worried, you know. We got a lot of weeks to go here, and uh, we're gonna start right now with uh, this week's picks. And uh, first game, um, surprisingly, <laughs> a game that we need to talk about. The two and O. I'm gonna say it again, in case y'all people find it's hard to believe. The AFC East leading two and O Buffalo Bills um, against. The one and one San Diego Chargers, who just upset the Super Bowl champions. Um, and this game is in Buffalo, and it's kind of the, the real question is: Do we believe in the Bills or not? Uh, Doctor Train, who you got? Man, I do not believe in the Bills, and I do believe in Philly Rivers. I'm just going. I'm not even going to get along with it, Chargers. Okay, JB. Hmm, uh, I think this is a little a little closer than expected. Um, I'm going to take the Bills, not because I believe they're for real, but I think that I think San Diego is going to come up that high beating Seattle and all that talking. So I'm going to go with, with Buffalo on this one. Hmm. Well, hmm. Jay, makes, Jay makes a good point, but I think that when you've got a veteran quarterback who's been there before and probably went into this game expecting to win, um, you know, for him, it's another victory. Let's move on now. And I think he's going to have this. I, I think he's, he, you know, there, there should be a few quarterbacks getting tired right now. Phillip Rivers, Tony Romo, Jay Cutler. I put them all in the same category. Haven't really done much. A little flirting with the playoffs, but really has not put your team on the map. And... I think they should all be getting tired of the criticisms because they all get criticized for not being able to really close the deal and really get your team over the hump. So with that said, all three of these quarterbacks have an opportunity to do something with their teams. Let's see which one of these three is going to rise, or will any of them rise. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think on this day, um, I, I do have to say I think Phillip Rivers – uh, I don't think there'll be a hangover. I think he's going to be business as usual. He's been doing this too long, um, and I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, next, we have the Redskins with Kirk Cousins uh, at 1-1, one and, one, and they are going to Philadelphia to play the 2-0 and o Eagles. Big division matchup. Um, and let me just say this. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about Two years ago, this game is Michael Vick against RG3, and now mm. it's 
Nick Foles against Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Two years ago, this is the game of the week, and this is the student versus the teacher. This is two quarterbacks cut from similar claws, right? I mean, I mean, that's all we're talking about, mobile, black, strong-arm quarterbacks, right? You know, our, uh, uh, you know and, and, and now, you know, Vic ain't even in Philly anymore. RG3's hurt, and now you've got Foles, who was the backup, and Cousins, who was the backup. Now both are starters, and this is, this is who you got. So um, I'm going to start with uh, JB on this one. Uh, NFC East matchup important to to the Cowboys. Who who, who do you got? Ooh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go against the grain and gonna take the Redskins. Uh, even though they're on the road, uh, I do recall in, in recent memory, I think it was even last year. Philly had struggled at home. I know it's a different Philly team, but I'm gonna go against the grain. Okay. Dr. Train. Oh, my goodness. I watched the Eagles drop down twice, I mean, two weeks in a row, and then managed to pull off wins, and that that can't be your formula all season long. Whew. And this is the NFC East. I'm going to gamble this week. And uh, I'm going to give the Redskins a shot, only because this is the NFC East, and it's truly unpredictable. Okay. Um, I just named Sproles my week MVP. I don't think the Eagles are going to have an answer for Sproles on special teams and coming out of the backfield and lined up in the slot. Um, I think Foles is a better quarterback than Cousins. Um, there is video on Cousins because he did get three starts last year. So this isn't like a guy coming in a cold off the street and you got no video on him. Um, I just don't believe in the Redskins. They, they, they won against the Jaguars. You know, they were able to put 41 points up against the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are horrible. So I, I don't believe in the Redskins. Now, that said, I do expect them to play better under Cousins at this point than they played under RG3, but not good enough to beat the Philadelphia oh. Eagles in Philadelphia. It's not going to happen. Eagles. Oh, right. oh, wait. I'm sorry. So the Redskins are actually 1-1? One one. Redskins are 1-1. One one. Oh. In that case, picking the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I do I do account I do take record in, in account. <laughs> so yeah. I thought they were owing two for some strange reason. No, no. 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 All right. And uh let me let me take a minute and do a quick shout out because I just got a text. Cousin Jeff is listening. Uh lives down in uh down in uh, down in Maryland and just wanna say shout out to Cuz Jeff. What up? Glad glad to have you finally checking out the Madden voice. We appreciate the love, and I think, and I think my mom is still out there listening. I'm gonna let she fell asleep, which is possible, you know, you know, she could have been listening and dozed off, you know, you know. So, but uh, it's always nice to have a had a family, you know, giving some love and support. So, uh, what up, cuz and uh, mom, if you're listening, hi, see you tomorrow. All right, um, 
Packers at the Lions. Dr. Train, that is your division. Uh, we'll start with you. Ooh, man, this is my division, and this is actually a tough one. Um, Lions are a pretty decent home team. Um, but they are playing against the Green Bay Packers. Whew. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with the Lions on this one. I'm gonna give them their their, their home field, uh, give them their edge. I think defensively, they may be able to do some things uh, against the Packers. So yeah, okay. I'm go with the Lions. Lions, JB. Yeah, you know what? Because they're at home, the Lions, and it's a little reluctantly. Um, it's going to be one of those slobber knocker games, but I'm going to take the Lions in a in a close one. Okay, um, I got to go with the Packers. Uh, I I I I just can't see. Um, I mean, the Lions just got spanked by the Panthers, um, and we we actually saw Megatron um, neutralized, which doesn't happen often. Um, you talk about maybe a blueprint. There might be a blueprint there. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that they have the personnel to do it, but certainly you can gain something off of that video, that film. And if and if Megatron is neutralized, the lines ain't gonna go far. Um, they're not utilizing Reggie Bush like they have in the past. Um, you know, so even though they're home. I, I just think with the new coach, they're going to need some time to really gel. And um, um, I'm going with the Packers. So um, the San Francisco 49ers at the Cardinals. Um, a very intriguing game. And, you know, for, for, for many reasons. Um, one, the Cardinals are 2-0, and while the Niners are 1-1. and It's a division game, so these teams do know each other. Um, you know, the, we talked about in the preseason, when we talked about the NFC West, we looked at it as arguably the toughest division in the whole NFL. And clearly, with the Cardinals being 2-0 and and every other team being 1-1, and at this point, it's kind, of, it's kind of looking that way. So this, this, could be, this, is gonna be, this should be a very good game. Um, now let me start with you, Dr. Train. Niners at the Cardinals. Now, um, I don't know the status of Carson Palmer, but we do know that Drew Stanton played pretty well um, last week. So what do you think? Uh, I think the Niners are probably pretty pretty bitter from uh, the loss to Chicago, and especially since they had 17-point lead uh, at one point. Um Drew Stanton, man, I'm, I'm, I, you know me, I don't, I don't crown quarterbacks so they play a full season, and so going up against that defense, um, I think may be a little tougher. So uh, I'm gonna roll with the Niners on this one. Okay, JB. Yeah, for the same reason, I think that sting of losing at home, new stadium, of. Uh, they're they're angry, and I think they're going to take it out as best they can on Arizona. It's going to be a, that's must see TV. I tell you right now that that could be arguably game of the week. 
But uh, I'll take the 49ers in that one, and a close one there, too. Mm. Um, you're probably right about them being angry, and I don't think it matters. Um, you, you should have been angry when you were playing the Bears, and you, you weren't angry enough to not blow that lead and not lose that game. Um, and the Cardinals' defense is the real deal. So they're not they're they're not going to be bullied around. They're not going to be pushed around. They're not going to be out physical. They're going to play some football. Um, and we finally saw Larry Fitzgerald get into the mix. Um, I don't think the 49ers defense is what it was a year ago. And this is from watching a full game against my Cowboys. I don't think they are what they were a year ago. So for all of those reasons, I'm going with the Cardinals to go three and zero. And to send, to send the 49ers to one and two. Yeah, I called it. Watch. Cardinals, baby. <laughs> All right. We've got a Super Bowl rematch. The Denver Broncos at 2-0 and travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks, who just lost in San Diego um, and are 1-1. One and one. So now the Seahawks get to go home and play in what is called the toughest stadium uh, in the NFL to play in. Super Bowl rematch. JB, who you got? Ooh, that's a tough one. Another game of the week right there. Because they're at home and they're so tough, I'm going to take Seattle. Even though my gut says don't go against Peyton Manning during the regular season, I'm going to go with Seattle. Okay. Dr. Train? If I was going to pick against Seattle, I should have done it last week against the Chargers because Seattle was on the road. At home, I'm sorry, I'm not picking against them. Even against my Bears, I would not pick against the Seahawks at home. Okay. Um, this, is a, this is a tough one for me because I do know how hard it is to play in that stadium. And that's, that's the... That's the if that wasn't the case, it would be an easier pick. But the stadium makes it hard for me. But I'm going to go with the Broncos because one reason, and the reason is revenge. That team was embarrassed at the Super Bowl, embarrassed. And I think from the time the schedule came out, they had this game marked on the calendar. And it's not going to be enough for them to just go in and play better. They want to win because they were embarrassed. They were pumped. They were, they were intimidated. And they beefed up their defense. My old defensive end, DeMarcus Ware, is looking like he turned back hands of time, getting some sacks, and Peyton's still looking good. And, you know, um, so I, I, I'm going to go with the, I'm gonna go with the, um, with the Broncos to go in and send the Seahawks to one and two and shock the world and go into Seattle and beat them. That's right. I'm going out on a limb. I'm closing this gap on these pick now. Watch. Um, last but not least, K-Star's very own Pittsburgh Steelers, who are at 1-1, one and one, traveling to Carolina to play the 2-0 Panthers. Um... I wish K Star was on just for this one pick because I would it would it would um it would it would uh, uh amuse me to hear him say why the Steelers would pick 
you know, why they would beat the Panthers. But uh, uh, Dr. Train, Steelers or Panthers? Uh, dude, uh, I like the Panthers' defense. Uh, I saw what the Ravens were able to do to the Steelers. Uh, Greg Olsen should have a monster game <laughs> against them. <laughs> Same as uh, because Dennis Pitt and, and Owen Daniels were, were the Steelers out. Uh, with that said, man, I'm, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Okay. And, and on it, top of that, I am still pissed that Le'Veon Bell and, 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 and Blount are still playing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. JB? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers, too. I think uh, Cam Newton looked looked relatively uh, well in his season debut, plus they're at home, and that defense is for real. So I'm going to go with Carolina. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, 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 this one is really, I mean, Carolina's home. The Steelers did not look good against the Ravens. Um, there was a time where I would say Mike Tomlin is going to fire up these troops and, you know, uh, unleash hell and come back and make a statement. Uh, I have lost some faith in Mike Tomlin. I don't think that that's going to happen. And um, the Panthers' defense is looking really good. Uh, Cam is playing good enough. I, I don't think he's great yet. He's probably still, you know, recovering from the ribs. But he's he's playing good enough. Um, um, you know, and, and I just, I, you know, and, and they're home. I just, I'm, I'm not a believer in the Steelers right now. And, um, you know, I, again, I, I would love to hear what K-Star had to say, but, um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. And, and as an aside, can we give a shout out to Steve Smith with the Ravens? I mean, um, Show. is, is he at 34 oh. years old, not looking like, not looking like a beast again? <laughs> He's you, like you the. Go, go ahead, JB. You, you you really got to give him his props. I mean, Carolina thought he was done. They they let him go. Thought his best years were well behind him. He was on decline. Now look at him. Guy's a beast. He's in but five nine and and a buck nothing. And he's out there just shoving people out the way. He is thirty four, going back to twenty two. You got to give him his props. I put my cap to him. He's got. He's like the Ray Lewis tenacity on offense. I mean, yep. <laughs> it's 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 almost a mirror image of just the way he is on offense as the way Ray Lewis was on defense. As far as their energy in the game, yep, it's ridiculous. I love it, man. Let's call him Mighty Mouse. Well, thank you. Get some. This is a grown man game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, that's why I I really felt a need to um, recognize him because he's turned back the hands of time. Panthers thought he was all done, and the guy's looking great. And you know, nothing makes me happier more than when a team gives up on a on an athlete, and then they show him. Well, maybe I do have a little more um, gas in my tank. So, you know, um, God God bless him. Um, yeah, just uh, real quick, they're releasing the 2015 um, nominees for the Hall of Fame, and I'm not going to list all the names because there, there, there's 112 <laughs> is, is what the number is, but just some notable names. Marvin Harrison, Edgar and James, and Tony Dungy are on the list. Um, you've got a Kurt Warner. Um, Phil Sims, Randall Cunningham, Rich Gannon, uh, Tim Brown, 
who I'm kind of surprised isn't already in, but um, Isaac Bruce, Tori Holt, um, Terrell Davis, Herschel Walker, Sean Alexander, uh, Tony Baselli, offensive lineman, Nate Newton from the Cowboys, Orlando Pace, uh, Charles Haley, uh, Charles Mann, defense, uh, defensive lineman, uh, Kevin Green, Clay Matthews, um, Junior Seau, uh, Troy Vincent, defensive back, former Eagle, uh, Morton Anderson and Gary Anderson, no relation. Uh, coaches, um, I already mentioned Dungey. You got Bill Cower, uh, Tom Flores, Mike Holmgren, uh, Jimmy Johnson, and Chuck Knox. So, you know, you guys can go and read the entire list. I think I saw, um, along with Nate Newton um, um, from the Cowboys, uh, um, Daryl Johnston is also on this list, I believe. So, um, good luck to everybody. It, it seems like a, you know, I would hate to have to be on the, on this committee to try to narrow it down, <laughs> you know, and go through so many notable names. And I didn't even I didn't even um, list them all. But so many wow. notable Jerome, Jerome Bettis is on the list. Um, Eddie George, Craig. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I mean Gary Clark. Ooh. Yeah, I mean I would hate to be on this list. I mean I would hate to be on a committee and have to do something about you know narrowing down the the names and getting down to you know however many they end up getting down to because this is going that's tough. Jay Hillenberg. <laughs> Sorry, so, <I> bear. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right. All right. Um, we're actually going to stay within our. What I tried to do is have a two-hour format. Looks like we're going to stay within our two-hour format. All right. Um, JB, any final words or thoughts on um, anything we've talked about or going into week three? Well, let's let's hope that the off-the-field situations kind of rectify itself. It's obviously probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. And um, whatever the outcome is, uh, hopefully it gets resolved more sooner than later so that the focus can be back on what happens on the field and not off the field. Sounds good. Sounds good. Dr. Train, any last thoughts, comments? Ditto on what Jay, on uh, little big brother Jay said. But I also want to let my TMD, TMD listeners know, look, I'm not a fair-weather fan. I'm a diehard fan for the Bears. I really am. I want my team to win every game if they could. But And, and truth be told, T, yeah, I did feel a little bad for picking against my team. So I was just like, wow. But in all honesty, I was surprised at how we played. And I was more pissed about the first week simply because I know what we had done in the off season, I know what talent we had, and we laid an egg. And it it did and, and and we suffered injuries while laying that egg going into the second week against a tough team. Uh that played a Dallas team that almost is identical to us as far as what we do on the field and what we have at, at the different positions, even with the type of defense that we run. So yeah, yeah, but I still do plan on being objective. But I'm still, still a diehard Bears fan. Well, let me let me just you know we joke around, I poke fun at you, but here's my main point: your team is a contender. You're, you're not Jacksonville. You're not the Giants at this point. And if you were hapless and you didn't have a Cutler and a Forte and a Jeffries and a Marshall and a Bennett and, and you know, some of, the, some of the pieces that you guys have, 
I wouldn't say anything. I'd say, yeah, your team sucks, and I wouldn't pick them either. But you are in the running each year to win that division. You're right there. And so because you're a contender, I think as a fan, you've got to be the number one cheerleader for your team. And, and that, to me, comes before anything else. Before anything else is every week I'm going in, I'm not picking against my team for nothing unless I believe my team is that bad. If I believe my team has no chance because they're that bad, you won't hear me say a word. But I know your team's got talent. I know your team on any given Sunday because of the talent you have, you do have the ability to win a game like you did against San Francisco. So from where I'm sitting, you should not be picking against your team. You should be your team's number one supporter and cheerleader. You should be convincing us to pick the Bears. Here's why I think the Bears can win this game. Because we have this and we have that. Okay, uh, this guy may be out and this guy may be out. But you know who else we have? I mean, look what happened. Tillman goes out and your rookie steps up and gets two picks. Well, that's something you should know. Right, you should know that. You should know you have that kind of talent ready to step up and be convincing us and saying, this is why I think my Bears can win this game. You talked about San Francisco against Dallas, and Dallas is built similarly to the Bears. But remember, Dallas had three turnovers and three consecutive drives that put that game out of reach. It wasn't that the 49ers just came in and blew Dallas' Dallas's doors in. Dallas handed them that game in the first half. That's period. Yeah. That's it. That's what happened in that game. So if you don't have turnovers against that team, what happens? All of a sudden, your Bears, you know, and your, your, your guys, I sat Jeffries because I was told it was a 75% chance that he would not play. So I sat because I couldn't wait till Sunday night to find out he was going to play or not. So I sat him. Yeah. It turns out that your wide receiver said this game is too big for us. We're not going to And it is. It, right. And what did they say? Yeah. They interviewed him and said, no, 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 we had to play. We're not going to take a chance on going to 0-2. Mm-hmm. So and the decision point, was made an hour and a half before right. the game, but yeah. Right, but my, my point is, like, I don't know your players, and so you're, oh. you're, we, we teach people, we talk about how, we're fans and we're fans of the game, and that's why I gave you a hard time because I know in your heart you bleed fucking brown Bears. <laughs> she's, she's my French that slipped out. I'm sorry, everybody out there. My apologies. But um, I know that's your team. You know what I mean? Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey. I, knew, I knew that was coming, Jay. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> this is this is an adult show. But I know that's your team. That's your team. You are passionate about your team. And when you went against them, it just shocked me because I know how much you love that team. And so, as we move forward... At the end forward, of the day, T, you're right. You're right. Right. And so, you're I hope right. the lesson is for Dr. Train and for everybody out there, if your team is a contender, you stick by your team. Really what I'm saying is, you be the number one advocate for your team. That's what we talk Don't be flip-flopping like we hear on first take. Stephen A. Smith, I'm a Giant fan. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm a Steeler fan. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm an Eagle fan. That's not how you pick your team, and that is your team through thick and thin. And that's what we talk about here, loyalty to your team. And I know Dr. Train has that. That is something I would never doubt. I would never question Dr. Train's loyalty. That I know he's got. So, all right. Um, For J.B., for Dr. Train. And one last announcement. Um, 
due to circumstances beyond my control, I will be on the show next Tuesday night, but I am unable to host the show, and Dr. Train has graciously uh, stepped up to host. So next week we get a special treat for the Madden Voice. Dr. Train will be, as he likes to say, the man on the ones and twos. He will be, I will probably be in a car driving. Um, But um, hopefully we'll have uh, K-Star back. JB will be there. I'll be in a car traveling, but I'll be joining in. And Dr. Train, and we always know how lively the show is when Dr. Train's uh, uh, hosting. So I'm looking forward to Train uh, taking taking the helm next Tuesday night. So for Dr. Train hosting next week, for JB and for K-Star, wherever you are, man, we missed you this week, but we look forward to seeing you back next week. Uh, everybody enjoy the games next week. We'll see you next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Remember to listen to the Madden Voice because that's where all feuds are settled on the field.